like Brent Lowry and I bet I could watch you spread your air out all day. But when you're done doing whatever, when you're through playing whoever, you know that the Nats fans will be right here waiting for you. So World Series branded bucket. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Resting Pitch Face. This is episode 57. I'm Kay. I'm Laura. And I'm Sydney. And welcome to 2020. Uh, uh, if you've forgotten, because it's been a long, since it's been last, since last year, since you've heard us, um, our, you can always find us on our website, restingpitchface.com. You can check us out on our Twitter, Resting Pitch Face with no G. Email us any questions, concerns, comments, um, to our Gmail at restingpitchface at gmail.com. And if you do check out our website, there's links there to a couple other fun things, including our various merch stores. We actually have quite a bit to talk about since our last episode, um, because I kind of thought we were going to have a much quieter period of of off-season based on previous, like I was expecting, okay, you know, people aren't going to get signed for a really long time, blah, 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 blah. And then baseball lit itself on fire. I was going to (laughs) say the monkey paw curled. (laughs) Well, I mean, the monkey ball curled a little while ago. This is like now it's gone into some sort of black hole Ouroboros loop in, of curling. <laughs> um, I think this might be void crabs. Like, Chuck <laughs> Tingle talks a lot about void crabs, and I'm like, I think baseball has void crabs. And we started off 2020 with talking about sexually transmitted diseases. They're not sexually transmitted <laughs> crabs, they're void crabs. <laughs> I mean, I, look, I don't know the epidemiology of void crabs. Um, we can talk about divulging sensitive medical information about players later in the episode. As far as I know, no, no MLB player has void crabs, but MLB as an entity, just void crabs. <laughs> <laughs> it's the fifth time nature has tried to make a crab. And it took. <laughs> um, so in terms of the nationals... I guess most of their setting themselves on fire happened. We've already happened and we discussed it. Um, Anthony Rendon decided to burn a bridge on his way out. Yep. Um, Can I, can I talk as the former number one Anthony Rendon fan in the world? I think you deserve to. Um, So we opened this last season. I listened to our episode Um from last season, the first one of the season, talking about players who they present as and who they actually are and the distance between the two. Um, And I think for me listening back, like I, I, I feel like I was advocating for like, there are certain players who it would hurt more because they present themselves as authentic to who they are. Like Geo, I think, presents as authentic to who he he is i don't think bryce ever really did um so like the distance between who he presented as and who he was i sort of knew going in anthony rendon apparently was presenting as somebody who he he maybe wasn't or was i guess politically silencing himself as a national before he got paid paid um and sort of on the way out did a a double middle finger but now he's with the angels who don't have any starting pitching so like enjoy uh having to actually field for the rest of your your baseball life (laughs) random like honestly 
Um, one of the things about looking at his numbers is it's very like his qualities as a fielder are actually pretty debatable. Um, so some measures say he's very good. Some measures say he's very bad. Some measures say he's sort of middling. Um, but he's behind, he was behind a bunch of high strikeout pitchers. So he just had less to do as a third baseman. And he even said that. So we'll see at the end with the angels who don't have a lot of strikeout pitchers. What's going to happen. And we don't have to see if we don't want to see because other side of the country, other side of the league, we are playing them this year. I know, but we're going to play them for like five entire minutes. It's not like a, it's not like we have to see see. It's like we can observe when it happens and then forget about it if that's how we choose to proceed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and like he's not going to be back in Nats Park until 2023. Um, at which okay. point, like we forgot, you know, t- to quote Taylor Swift, I forgot that you existed. <laughs> I was thinking more along the lines of, I don't think about Tim Tebow. I think I'm just going to go with, I don't think about Anthony Rendon anymore. Honestly, he didn't want anyone to look at him like as, as a national. So uh, you got your wish, buddy. <laughs> so I'm, I'm searching for a new favorite player. I will accept applications. Uh, must <laughs> not would be, be a fascist. <laughs> okay. That's the number one. What's the number two? A good smile. <laughs> At least career average four pitches per plate appearance. That's number three. That is right. number three. That is what I like in a play. <laughs> so pitchers then are not probably eligible for this. I have like a favorite pitcher application is completely <laughs> different, but I don't need another favorite. Pitcher. That's fair. So I need another favorite position player. I feel Juan Soto has a lot of those qualities. Yes. I would agree. Who are you calling your favorite pitcher these days? Um, I think like for now it's sort of that's a that's a that's a very good question. Um, of the Nat starters right now, it was gonna be Strasbourg, but he failed the first thing. Yep. And weird weird smile. Um and, and a fascist. Um so probably Anibal Sanchez. Okay, I could have seen that. I also could have seen if you just went outside the starters and called it due. I also was curious what your categorization of Joe Ross was these days, but I think I think Sanchez is a solid choice. Yeah, Joe Ross actually also meets the first two criteria. Um, didn't go to the White House. If you checked his Twitter feed, you understand mm-hmm. why. And very excellent smile. Um, I do have a Joe Ross jersey. I don't have a Sanchez jersey, so uh, maybe it's a, a like like my cats. It's a tie for first. <laughs> I have a new jersey uh, that's going to have my name on it as soon as I can get someone to help me sew the letters which on. Which I think is an excellent choice. Thank you. I never plan on milkshake ducking, and <laughs> as Aaron Burr so kindly told us, I am the one thing in life I can control. There you so. go. Uh, there That's you are. Perfect. Maybe maybe we should. Uh, I I actually didn't have any Zim. I had Rendon stuff, but I didn't have any uh, Zim stuff or or Straw stuff. Um, Same. Uh, that being said, I could probably pry the letters off of a Rendon jersey and <laughs> replace it with a milkshake duck. <laughs> <laughs> I actually really love that. Or I mean, or you could just go the like the standard route of duct tape. Um, so like M duck. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we can, we can see, I have a knockoff 
uh, horrible quality um, patriotic series Rendon jersey that uh, came from someplace on the internet, and the letters are already trying to escape anyway. So oh, perfect. I think that that might get M ducked. They have letters that's just just like loose letters at the team store. Uh, it's it's more I think the issue of like in theory you can remove those letters from the back but you may end up just ripping a gigantic hole in your shirt um yeah so we might we might end up with the duct tape we might end up with just a variety of creative solutions uh but yeah rendon might get a an m ducking <laughs> so like we don't have a third baseman <laughs> yeah can i say it like, can i yes, say it laura laura say it should you be in the majors if you don't have a third baseman <laughs> um we do have a bullpen what kind of i went on webmd and looked up what one was <laughs> <laughs> i think we might have it did it say we needed chemo for it um it it said like you know it's often accompanied by hives, so it feels like a bullpen. Call 911 if it lasts more than four hours. I mean, yeah, if is that that's extra innings. <laughs> I, I, I was every time I heard a report, I was like, no, that's good. That's not real. No, that's not real. I don't believe this. Mike Rizzo's putting together an actual bullpen. You're you're pulling my leg, guy. Yeah, it's a prank. <laughs> am, I on, am I about to get punked? <laughs> like, oh, I yeah. Sean Doolittle mm-hmm. would make an excellent Ashton Kutcher punk toast. Oh, why did you put that in my? He head? would be so good at it. It would be very gentle. <laughs> did you think he got a literal giant baby deer tattoo? Yeah, I really want to <laughs> interview Michael A. Taylor and get his opinion on that. <laughs> Sean, is there anything you want to tell me? Um, Bambi, how do you feel about this? Did you talk about <laughs> it beforehand? Are you comfortable with this? I thought you were going to say he got uh, mistaken for a bookstore employee, which is 100% expected. Oh, yeah, he yeah. did. That happened. Yeah. Um, like, I, that being said, if you asked him where things were shelved in an independent bookstore in D.C., could he tell you? Yeah, probably. probably. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I look for him in independent bookstores. <laughs> like, every everywhere, not even in DC, just like random places. Well, I'm like he's him. a, a bodega yeah. cat. Like every independent bookstore has a Doolittle. Yeah. No, I missed him by like an hour in Denver. Yeah, you mentioned that. So now I'm just like, well, it's the off season. You could be anywhere. <laughs> Coming to okay. an independent bookstore near you. Do are are we all? Do we all agree with that? Once he retires from baseball, he's almost certainly going to open a bookstore of his own. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. What would it be called? It would definitely be a pun, which means I'm going to be of no help because I'm bad at those. Okay. But I know it would be a pun. In my heart of hearts. Mm. I, I feel like openers. <laughs> <laughs> um... I, I've mentioned this, I'm sure, on the podcast before. So his BP comment is essentially a Yelp review of him as an independent bookstore. Yes. He's a, a great lefty independent bookstore experience. You've heard the mm-hmm. commercial he does for some like used car place, haven't you? 
Yes, I have. It's um, it's got a no, lot. No, I of, haven't. Oh my god! So it it's comes got a lot on, of youth pastor energy. It comes on the radio broadcast a lot, at least when you're listening to it through the app. Um, and I know sometimes I get different commercials, so that's why I wasn't sure. But yeah, it's something like, "Here's your favorite pitchman, Sean Doolittle." And then there's a bunch of really terrible puns about like, with deals this good, you'll never need a closer. Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> oh, good lord. Okay. <laughs> it's so bad. It's great. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, it's not quite at the the Eastern Motors level of commercial. Um, and thank you. I have now earwormed our entire podcast listening audience. I don't know uh, what you're talking about, but it sounds like I don't want you to tell me. Oh yeah. no! Yeah, it's um, it's a local car commercial jingle that like Ovechkin did one years ago. Um, but like once you think about the jingle, you're just going to hear it for about two days. So it's so, the local you- version of the Cars for Kids commercial. Yes. Oh God! Now yeah. I'm having. Now uh, I'm twitching. They're, they're <laughs> having a war in in Kay's brain. Um, but yes, at, at Eastern at Eastern Motors, your job's your credit. Um, enjoy podcast audience. Enjoy. <laughs> what what audience? We've now kicked. Nobody's <laughs> listening anymore. <laughs> they like Eastern Motors cars for kids. I'm out. <laughs> All right. Can we just like transition over back into reminiscing about the Buster Posey insurance commercial because that was one of my favorite of all time. And it's not an earworm. It's just fun. You're embarrassing me in front of Buster Posey. <laughs> Who is ready to have a baby? <laughs> Oh, it was a it was a pure time, 2013. Yeah, <laughs> that was not that uh, long ago. I will say, speaking of catchers, we know Jan Gomes is not wearing buzzers anywhere on his body. <laughs> 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 we know Brian Dozier was not cheating. <laughs> One, because neither of them were particularly good this season, <laughs> and uh, and two, they naked. We have seen yeah. all of them. Yeah, like, we have seen just just a lot. We have seen the, the Jan Gomes and Brian Dozier experience. They, they took their shirts off to save baseball. <laughs> they did! <laughs> or it saved one shred of the reputation of our team. Yeah. The way the World Series win was the nipples we poured beer on along the way. <laughs> um, honestly, I think my greatest creation of... of this season is the gif of uh i'm sorry kate gif of um brian dozier pouring beer on jan gomes's nipple and jan gomes is looking at him like what the fuck (laughs) (laughs) um it's almost as good as as uh dozier picking up sanchez like you would a baby (laughs) (laughs) but like i'm a fan yeah um yeah, I will say, uh, speaking of, of shirtless ridiculousness, um, it is off-season workout video season mm-hmm. to all those who celebrate. I definitely <laughs> do. Um, it has been a, a good season for the off-season workout video, um, is what I'm going to say. So uh, if, if folks have any particular favorites, I know Noah Syndergaard did one uh, that was shirtless pitching. Um, from a very odd camera camera angle, um, you sent me fifty different videos of some dude I've never watched play because he's friends with Brian Dozier, and you didn't send me shirtless Syndergaard. 
<laughs> Sorry. Um, that would be Eduardo Escobar's feed, which is just off-season workout videos shot from behind and slightly below. They're and excellent, like, but shirtless pitching is basically my brand. Why didn't you send uh, me this? It was on MLB. Um, did I think Marcus Stroman? No, who was it? I think it was Marcus Stroman. Was like had a glass of wine on his back at one point for balance. Um, so that's a waste of perfectly good wine. Oh no, no, no. he he drank the wine. He did. He didn't spill okay. the wine. Um, okay, I'm. I well, just meant like use water or something. Drink the wine and use the water for the balance. Yep, that would be Marcus Stroman doing a bear <laughs> crawl with a glass of wine on his back. <laughs> um. It's, it is what we call a lot. So yeah, it, it's been a good season for off-season workout videos and for new uniforms, which I have lower in the show outline, but I feel like those two go together. <laughs> like shirts and shirtlessness. Yeah. Well, okay. What? I am going to say, we're going to talk about the, the we're going to talk about these uniforms, but I am going to say I really hate the Nike swoop. And it kind of ruins a lot of uniform things for me. Yeah, whoosh, I'm not a huge whoosh, fan of the whoosh. Nike swoosh. I do think, like most things, we're going to eventually stop seeing it. Um, like it, our eyes will just elide it? Yeah, like if you if you think about some of the, you know, the hat logos that are so annoying and then you kind of stop seeing them and... Um, it's both the aesthetics and the part active partnership with Nike that I'm not a fan of. Yeah, I know. But like, if you, so like, remember when I said something about the MLB 150 patches and you had no idea what I was talking about? I, yes. <laughs> that was a patch that was on the sleeves of everyone in baseball all season. I don't think I did notice that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I agree enough. with you. I don't think it looks good and I don't like it, but I do think we're going to get used to it relatively quickly and just kind of stop noticing that it's there. Yeah. Um, I will also mention that, like, one, Yankees and Red Sox, please put names on the backs of your uniforms. Yeah. Um, but the I know, tradition, Sydney. I know you think of it as sacrilege, but for those of us who are slightly face blind, um, I hardcore failed the uh, identify relievers without their without their hats and and uniforms on test that uh uh friend-ish of the show Shanna She put up as a as a quiz like I need just put put the names on the uniforms it would make life easier I didn't just fail the reliever one I failed the everybody one I do not know what the American League looks like <laughs> that is entirely fair yeah um I also am bad at spelling so I'm like I know what Cespedes looks like I, I did not spell his name correctly. Oh, yeah, because it's, it's Sporkle. You have to spell it right. Yeah, so, like, I, I failed somewhat. Like, Kevin Kiermeyer, I know what he looks like. I don't know how to spell Kiermeyer. He Sorry, was one buddy. of the few... I know how to spell it because I've, you know, doodled it with hearts. Um, He was one of the few American <laughs> leaguers I recognized. Um, But, yeah, like, there, there were certain people where I'm like... Who I forget who my my default was. Oh yeah, Jeff McNeil. If I didn't know who you were, you were Jeff McNeil. <laughs> Did you spell McNeil right? No. <laughs> who is Jeff McNeil? Uh, he I think he played for the Mets. If you say yeah. so. Well, it's in my uh yeah he plays for the Mets. His nickname is Squirrel. Oh that dude. And now I want to know who he is. <laughs> he plays for the Mets. His nickname is Squirrel. None of them were Jeff McNeil. <laughs> 
Um, but like, yeah, if you're white, you're Jeff McNeil. That's it. <laughs> I don't know who you are. And like, I feel like I had a default for relievers as well. Just like, I don't know who you are. You're the, you're this guy. I think I just tried to say everyone was Hanley Ramirez. Is he still in baseball? No. Well, that would be why I got them all wrong. I think. I don't know that I'm correct, though. He is, he is currently a free agent, but I, no, he, I don't believe he's still. That was my, like, American League, not otherwise specified. <laughs> Anybody that I didn't recognize, but I was reasonably sure was in the AL. I just tried Hanley Ramirez entirely fair um i think we all have those defaults and uh yeah sorry we have gone somewhat far far afield of our yes. so uniforms uh, <laughs> why don't i don't know can we just why don't we just make a hard transition into uh science dealing i okay <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I will say having flown out of the Houston airport as of yesterday, there were people in Astros gear and I'm kind of like, let me just go get my metal water bottle and a trash can, (laughs) (laughs) you know, on general, like just following people around like it's a tamarind. (laughs) Please do that. That would be a little awkward. Please tell me you did that. No, I didn't. I stood in line and then bitched about my plane being late. I, but I think there's a real merchandising opportunity. Like, you can't do it with an actual, like, full-size trash can. That's just awkward. And you're going to give yourself away, right? But there's a perfect opportunity here to make little little tiny trash can lids and little tiny water bottles that you can bring into a stadium with you whenever your your team is playing the Astros. And just start smacking them together. I would bet you uh, an extremely large amount of money that there are Dodgers fans actively working on this. Oh, I'm sure there are. Although I feel like they're probably just going to bring in full-size trash cans. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so the first series of spring training, the Nats are playing. Guess who we're playing? Could it um, the be the Astros? <laughs> we are playing the Astros. First thing. I don't know what the regulations are on, on bringing stuff into spring training games. Um, but You I, can bring a lot, though, into yeah. spring training games. Um, Home Depot makes a World Series branded bucket. That is below the, below the size of the limit on the bag policy in Nats Park because I looked at the dimensions. Uh, I made a link. <laughs> um, it's, it, I am going to present it as a very, very uh, hard purse. <laughs> Just put a handle on it. I mean, it has a handle, but like put a cloth handle and be like, yes, my purse is in fact this bucket. Or my, my old-timey lunchbox. Would you deny me my lunchbox? Um, but uh, the other proposal that folks had, because we're also playing the Astros uh, in a series over the 4th of July, um, was uh, if folks are familiar with uh, noisemakers for Purim called Groggers, there's definitely not a park ban on those. Because, <laughs> like, why would you specify that? Um, and you can make a good <laughs> amount of noise with them. I have a feeling a lot of rule books are going to get uh, up or stadium rule books are going to get updated in like the third week of this season. <laughs> um, I feel like a lot of uh, like the the Atlanta organists and a few other organists are going to have a real good time this season. Oh my god, the Atlanta <laughs> organists must be like creating playlists as we speak. 
Um, buddy, I made you a playlist. Uh, we crowdsourced one. If you would like, uh, if you would like a, a list of suggested songs, <laughs> um, all all set around the theme of bang, um, you can have one. Uh, though we're gonna have to add buzz as a keyword. <laughs> can you expand that to songs about bees? No, because bees are friends, and the Astros are That's not true. friends. That's true. I don't know any songs. They are. Bees. They have proven themselves, in fact, to literally be a trash organization. Yes. Do you know songs about bees? Well, not necessarily about bees that like reference bees. I know songs about butterflies. I'm sure you do. Because I I may have written one about Annabelle Sanchez's change up. I'm aware. <laughs> Uh, Laura, I'm gonna get you to sing that at some point. Okay. I'll write a full version. Oh, okay. We can we we can add it to the the. List. <laughs> um, I, you know, I'm sure we can find so like the songs themed around the concept of bang. Um, you know, we got we got pretty creative with some of those songs. So I feel like songs themed around the concept of bees or buzz, we could we can probably uh figure that out. Um, so I can, I've posted the link on my Twitter a couple of times and it was actually on, a. um, also on linked on BP because, uh, Daniel Epstein, uh, who is a Yankees fan and I decided to, uh, make a, um, Astros suggested playlist, um, <laughs> to blast based around essentially bad eighties music. <laughs> Um, that had, in his words, trashy snare drum, because the Astros are trashy snare drums. <laughs> um, but the, the playlist has Love Shack, Glory Days, uh, Hey Mickey, I love 1999. Um, uh, it has a Bad Brain song, which is not bad, but uh, definitely 80s music and loud. Um, and I Want Candy. So that was the sort of 80s trashy snare drum and bad brains playlist um and then uh we also got the suggestions it's a long playlist of um before he cheats uh someone's watching me knock three times in the air tonight uh knock knock bang on the drum all day like ben caught stealing uh born under a bad sign so we i feel did a very good job on this (laughs) so yeah (laughs) Yeah, you did. This is an area where there is a lot of... There's meat on this bone. Uh, my favorite and the concluding song on this is from the cartoon Doug. And it, the song is Banging on a Trash Can. <laughs> <laughs> because Doug was prescient. Yes. But as you said, we'll have to expand it now to buzzers, allegedly. 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 Uh, I will say the one thing, so this is totally unsubstantiated thus far, but, you know, it's been going around that this was happening and it sounds like they're looking into it. But um, I do think to my mind, the fact that there's this clip of Altuve refusing to let his teammates take his shirt off after a walk off and then running into the clubhouse to change into his, was it the pennant Mm -hmm. t-shirt? Yeah. And then making some comment afterward about being shy or like his wife getting mad at him the last time they ripped his shirt off. And then someone juxtaposed this with screenshots of every time Jose Altuve is shirtless on his own Instagram. All of this kind of makes me think things that make me go, hmm. 
Hmm. Uh oh, Laura's bed into the conspiracy theories. Um, we know Pete Alonzo's not cheating. <laughs> he's up there. He's up there with Jan Gomes and Brian Dozier. Honestly, the Mets tradition of ripping one's shirt off after of ripping a teammate's shirt off after mm-hmm. a walk-off is excellent on its own, but also as a "and we didn't cheat doing it" statement is kind of amazing. Well, we also knew they didn't cheat doing it because. They were, I mean, they beat the shit out of us last season. That's true. <laughs> um, that, that is a completely fair point. <laughs> like, let's be let's be clear. We lost the season series against the Mets and won the World Series. So, like, nah. Um, but I think, like, as a statement of, and I did it and I didn't cheat, um, I feel it should be adopted. But they could also just rip their shirts off before each at-bat. <laughs> I would be oh, okay with that. that. I mean, at that point, what's the point of even wearing the shirts at all? I, that's a great Call. point. Okay. Hint, hint. Hint. <laughs> Clear jerseys only. <laughs> oh, no. No, that's going in the wrong direction. <laughs> like, there's all the clear backpacks that they... Did you all... Oh, oh, no, that? That, would be the, that would be the solution for the Astros. They all have to wear clear trash bags. <laughs> um, and clear pants? transparent clothing is never as good as you want it to be okay <laughs> it just it's not you're like oh that's a good idea oh no, no it's no, not no <laughs> you seem like... like you have more experience with it than i do can you elaborate on why okay so th- okay so the 90s happened <laughs> <laughs> you were six um <laughs> but like the rest of us had to to live through it and there was mm-hmm. there was a lot of of clear vinyl clothing in the 90s yes oh no oh, and shiny and shiny vinyl. there's a lot of vinyl so maybe vinyl's the real enemy at the moment <laughs> well i don't know I mean, what you could make transparent clothing out of that isn't vinyl i mean yeah you could make everything out of like like stockings or like sh- what is it chiffon that's like i don't see-through. think that's gonna slide well <laughs> Oh, but clear final is going to be excellent. <laughs> um, or they could make their entire uniform out of the buzzers. <laughs> and what? Like, just oh. have it like a shock collar? <laughs> yeah. Essentially. Oh, you, you, wanted, uh, you wanted to be buzzed when there was an off-speed pitch coming. Well, dude, you can't wear sliding shorts anymore, so enjoy. I heard you like buzzers, so I put some buzzers on your buzzers. I put some buzzers on your dick. It's really good. <laughs> let's not go there. Please, let's not go there. Um, <laughs> I mean, like the Astros have permanently broken trust forever, right? Uh huh. My question, like, my practical question is, one, we're never going to not believe that they weren't doing something stupid. Yeah, at this point, you could probably tell me that they all, like, literally were using, like, ESP. They they cracked the code where you were using ESP and be like... It's plausible. Yeah, like they did like some MK Ultra experiments yeah. and like had them like, Laura, it occurs to me you don't live in a house with somebody who frequently explains what MK Ultra is at Passover to your family. <laughs> I don't. Uh, <laughs> my husband, an experience. Uh, 
So this was like a CIA thing that was attempting to give people mind control powers. And um, what they did was they gave them a shitload of LSD. <laughs> It um didn't work. <laughs> I'm sure they were trying to, to like do astral projection or something where they killed goats with their minds. Um, didn't work. Uh, but they did do a, a heroic amount of LSD in the process. <laughs> so like, if if you told me that the Astros had somehow cracked it and they were doing that, I'd be like, yeah, you know what? Seems legit. I can't prove they didn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think I think what you're saying about kind of permanently breaking trust. There've been some really interesting on a, on a slightly less not not a sad note, but just like a slightly less silly note. Um, there have been some really interesting articles out there about kind of like if you damage the foundation of the way a game is played, what then is that game? You know, like, and I think you know, cheating is a broad category and like I'm sure people had conversations like this in the steroid era but that was in my mind kind of a different way of cheating that involved breaking a rule but not in the same way I guess like I'm not saying one is better or worse than the other just that they're different categories of rule breaking and so in this case I feel like it's more not just like cheating to get an advantage within the game, but cheating the rules of the game itself and the mechanic of, mechanics of the game itself. And the entire construct of a sport depends on the structure of it. And if you don't have that structure of it, what do you have? And there are, in each, in every sport, there are things that everyone really does do that are against the rules of the sport that everyone kind of goes with. Like, phantom tags on second, right? Yeah. Like, that that used to be a thing. They, you know, they instituted a rule to get rid of it. Um, but everyone was sort of agreed on that. I saw someone compare it to um, everyone in hockey cheats in the face-off. Like, that's just a thing. Oh, good to But know. it's sort of, like, a mutually agreed upon... Not one team is so going against the central conceit of the sport. Much like this is not a phantom tag on second. So I was having this conversation the other day, and we were actually talking about in terms of the, ster- the use of steroids um, and intentionally hitting players with with balls. Right mm-hmm. when when somebody does it, like a, does steroids or hits somebody with a ball or steals the side in the quote unquote traditional way it's shitty behavior and it breaks trust but it is seen on a sort of individual level the what the astros did and what the diamondbacks did a few years ago having a mandate to hit players or having the steroid use become necessary um what it what that does is it becomes systematic like it's intent it's intentional systematic abuse of everything about how it works and that's why it's so much worse it seems so much worse to us well and 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 baseball as a construct is completely made up completely made up there's nothing remotely like there is literally nothing about baseball that is inherent to humanity or built on like it's it's just made up it's all made up and so if you start messing with the things about it that are made up it's turtles all the way down 
Um, and the the other thing is, you know, they did it. it it's becoming increasingly obvious the Red Sox did it. Yeah. They did it to such a level and degree that it clearly gave them such a, a huge advantage in how they were playing that they won the World Series off it. Like you can, mm-hmm. and I said this before with, I think I've said it repeatedly, you can win the World Series and lose at baseball. Yep. And that's what they did. Um, Like they, they won the World Series, but the idea of baseball fundamentally is a very fancy game of catch. And they decided to disrupt that because winning is apparently the only thing and forgetting that the product of baseball is fun baseball and winning baseball happens to be fun baseball, but winning baseball isn't only fun or or like, yeah, fun baseball isn't only winning baseball. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And so like, yeah, I mean, I think I think the other thing with the Astros in particular is they were just such smug dicks about it that like there's that um, that like you have AJ Hinch flatly denying that they were using whistling um, to to signal for things, and it turns out he had like broken a couple of the monitors because he disagreed with with the sign stealing, but, like, not enough to actually fucking do anything about it. If uh, anybody could do anything about it, like, that, that, I'm just, like, amazed by that. Like, uh, you, you couldn't have done anything to stop it, really. You disagreed with it that much, but you couldn't actually stop it. Yeah, no, it's BS. And the fact is, like, Jim, so, like, Lunau and Hinch got fired, Cora got fired, Beltran got fired. Jim Crane the owner of the Astros who is a bad person. Like mm-hmm. he is, he has in his business dealings been a consistently bad actor um, and gotten sued for like discrimination and stuff like that. Like not a great person. Somehow you're the business, ma- you know, owner of a team who happens to be going from good to improbably great. And you don't ask about what, what about the team's practices is making that happen? Okay. I I find it patently ridiculous that he didn't know. I I think there is a very outside chance that 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 maybe he didn't know, but it's absolutely forced ignorance. You know something's happening, and if you don't know what it is, you are certainly not looking to find out. Yeah, I think that there. I think probably he wanted plausible deniability, mm-hmm. um, and so did the smart business thing and said, "Don't tell me what's happening." But that, in and of itself, like I- I- ignorance of it, is not an yeah. excuse of it from mm-hmm. it. Um, but at the same time, like they're they're not going to punish him. They're not going to punish the Red Sox ownership. They knew what was happening and you know didn't do anything. Um, I'm also trying to imagine. A world in which Anthony Rendon didn't hit a uh, home run off of a center changeup from uh, uh, Zach Greinke, and that Juan Soto didn't get walked, and that Howie Kendrick didn't bang one off a foul pole. I'm I'm trying to imagine a world in which the Astros won another World Series. Yeah. Well, here's an interesting question. No, you know, never mind, because we we weren't going to start getting like real heavy about this, so I will save this for another time. No. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. If they had won, would any of this have come out? 
I think it still would have because I think it it what hinged it was the public becoming more aware of it. Um, to a yeah, level that MLB could ignore it. I Mike think what, Fires. What, yeah, Mike Fires. Yeah. I think he would have done the same thing. He, I don't. I don't yeah. get the sense that he would have done anything differently. Although, to be honest, I don't remember exactly the timing of when he went public. But I don't get the sense that he was influenced by this year. Okay. Um, I think he probably was. I, I don't know. I don't know who. I don't know Mike Fires personally. I think he probably didn't contact the athletic following the world series because the athletic did a very thorough job of i mean they knew it was a giant story yeah mm-hmm. and so it came out about two weeks after the world series um but my guess is that they started you know doing the serious investigation on it either during the world series or well before mm-hmm. um because you know you have to to gather a bunch of evidence um to make a, a giant baseball breaking claim like that um people so jessica mendoza decided to to call out mike fires um for this even though she's a fucking mets employee yeah yeah i yeah there we're reaching a point with this now and i think you know it's important to point out that she's been scrutinized for it way more than comparable white men and so mm-hmm. without letting comparable white men off the hook for similar conflicts of interest she's getting to a point with the conflict of interest where I think this is not okay anymore. Yeah. And frankly, she, she raised a big thing about the Dodgers not letting her in the clubhouse to do interviews. And the Dodgers were like, you're a Mets employee. We're in the national league. What the hell? Um, But then like the Mets turn around and don't ask Beltran about sign stealing, even though they hired him after a lot of this stuff about the Astros. And it was pretty clear that he was one of the ringleaders for it came out so like you gotta pick a side you can be a reporter or you can be a team employee and that's to everybody mm-hmm. yeah but you can't if your job even though i mean it's espn but like your job is to hold people accountable in a in a sport that is the fundamental job of media coverage you can't do that if you're getting paid by them mm-hmm. um and so like she, she walked it sort of mealy mouth, walked it back. But everyone's like, look, we want you to be really successful. But you can't be successful because you're getting in your own way. Mm-hmm. Like, I think if she wanted to go be a baseball executive, she just could. I would support that. Yeah. I would love to have her in the yeah. Nationals organization. Honestly, I straight up really would. Yeah. Like, it, did you see the, the Giants hired the first uh, full-time yes! coach? Yeah. Um, Sorry, can like, you say that again? Because I talked over you, and I want to oh, make sure everybody heard. The Giants hired the first full-time female uh, coach. Um, yep. Yeah, who was a, a softball player, um, and there was a minor sort of kerfluffle about like you could hire a, a woman baseball player, and everyone was like, "Shh." <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, she also has like a master's degree in sports management, and like, yes, they they could have hired a baseball player, but she's just like so freaking qualified. She is, um, yeah. So. Just because there are other qualified people doesn't mean she is unqualified. Exactly. Um, um, I'm blanking on her last name. Do you remember her first name is Alyssa? Alyssa Nakin. Nakin. First full-time female coach in MLB history. We are Woo. excited. Um, okay. I think that's a that's a good note to wrap up on. <laughs> yeah. Put, bring it back to the positives. The one Something in baseball that isn't on fire. Right? I mean, yeah. the Giants, debatable, but... 
this particular thing at <laughs> least. Good. Oh, poor Giants. Hmm. They won three World Series in the last decade. Poor Giants. Buster Posey. Um, but yes, I think that's a, a a good thing to sort of wrap this up on. Um, you guys, our our closing plugs, as it were. You guys have them. Uh, sure. So, um, if you haven't, uh, Sean Doolittle wants you to contact your uh, local independent bookseller or IndieBound and pre-order your uh, BP annual. Um, you will have many, many interesting comments, um, an awesome, awesome essay um, as well that is really, and I, I don't think I mentioned it um last time because i hadn't read it at that point um but kelsey mckinney who was was with deadspin um wrote the nats essay uh for this year and it is a, a serious love letter to nats fandom in the city oh. um it is like i teared up a little bit it is about the experience of opening day at nats park um for 2019 but also just the concept of sort of the ephemeral Washington versus like the permanent DC mm. in terms of people. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, like ah, but I'm having so many feelings. Um, so it's beautiful. Um, a bunch of the other essays and comments are really, really, really awesome. Um, the Detroit Tigers one, we will talk about when the annual comes out. Uh, so we can, we can tease that one, but I can say I very much enjoyed reading it. Um, and it has to do with, um, let's go with former Tigers pitchers. One in particular. Um, not the ones we have, not the ones we have. Um, so, uh, please grab a copy of it. Um, I think it's going to be an, an excellent and amazing read. And yes, it also has a, a song about Hannibal Sanchez's change-up. Mm. <laughs> Which is like a butterfly. Um, and he has an Eva soft and gentle as a sigh. Um, <laughs> the other thing that you should do is uh, DC Girls Baseball is having a um, fundraiser slash, I think, call for volunteers at Walter's Bar on um, Thursday of this week. Um, So come uh, enjoy happy hour, find out more about um, volunteering opportunities for this. um, And uh, yeah, generally, generally support a great organization. Please go for me. I always want to go to these things and I can't. If you're on the fence about it. Go for me, please. Nice. Um, I was going to move on to our next couple of plugs. So, um, the Tony Stone play that I um, reviewed for Baseball Perspectives a while ago and that we've talked about a fair amount on the pod before um, is now opening in two cities, one close to home for a lot of you guys. And then I don't know where we have listeners these days, maybe one close to home to some of the others of you guys. Um, first in San Francisco, it's going to be at the American conservatory theater and that's opening March 5th and it'll be playing for most of the month. Um, and then a little bit later, but in DC, so more relevant to most of you, um, it will be at arena stage 
opening April 23rd and running through the end of May. So please. We will definitely be planning an outing. So. Yes. So definitely, you know, mark your calendars. Um, I would highly, highly recommend it. It's super well done. So yeah, save the date. Tony Stone, DC. And then for those who might have missed our last episode, we did have a great 2019 total for Queer Fancy Stats, um, which came to $355.20 to Smile. And then with other organization donations that included the Montrose Center, One Colorado, Asian American Lead, and My Sister's Place, among others, the total total for 2019 was $480.62. And of course, our favorite baseball power couple, the Doolittle Dolans, we're matching, and so can you, or within, you know, whatever your budget allows. You can check out at Queer Fancy Stats on Twitter if you are catching up on that. All right. Well, uh, we will return at some point. Um, but for now, if, if you're looking for past content, you can go to our website, restingpitchface.com. That has links to every other way to get a hold of us or check out what we're doing. Our Twitter, Resting Pitchface with no G. Um, our email, restingpitchface at gmail.com. You can also comment directly on the website. Um, and there are links to our various um, uh, merchandise stores, Zazzle and Twitter. With that, I'm Kay. I'm Laura. And I'm struggling with my microphone. I'm Sydney. <laughs> Let's go Nats. Let's go Nats. Let's go Nats. Please come back, Tyler. It's just not the same since you went away. We really miss your eyewear. And the way you confused that is at the plate. There's a seat for you right next to Drew, and we need you to pitch the A. Besides, there's no other team uses chocolates as a celebrate.